0: Hello and welcome to Blue Bros Two. This time it's personal. I'm your host Brandon, and with me, as always, is Caleb. Caleb, how are you doing?
1: Yo yo yo! What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's not. <laughs> that, that's not how I really act. That's that's my DJ persona.
0: <laughs> DJ Crooked Hat makes his own beats. <laughs> DJ
1: Douchebag. <laughs> Uh, That makes me think of Ira and the... Wait, isn't it Ira and the Douche from Parks and Rec?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Douche. I was thinking Family Guy, but that was Weenie in the Butt.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) You just got butt (laughs) slapped. No, we are not going to be that kind of show. (laughs) As, As funny as that can be, doing that week in and week out would... Like I could imagine being on a show like that daily, like (laughs) I'd lose my mind after like a week.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Things would start getting super stale real quick. For sure. Um, yeah. So what have you been watching?
1: Well, finally I have something new to bring. Um, so we just uh my wife and i outside of watching movies for the show i don't really watch a lot myself so usually it's kind of whatever my wife and i are watching Mm -hmm. and we just uh finished parks and rec for the second time so we were, were looking for something to watch and um we came across a show that was just advertised on netflix uh, called the good place.
0: Okay. Uh, have you seen anything about it or? Uh, I've seen it on there, but I've never given it a watch.
2: Yeah,
1: it's, it's okay. Um, it's got Kristen Bell in it and, uh, a couple other well-known people pop in and actually it's kind of funny. Um, for a few episodes, there's actually several people from parks and rec, Really? but yeah, but it's not, uh, I wouldn't say, hey, you should check this out. But if you're looking for something to watch, just something to be entertaining, it's not too bad. The concept's actually kind of interesting um, because essentially it's the afterlife. And the way that they say the afterlife is that there's a good place and a bad place. They don't call it like heaven and hell. And the good place is neighborhoods. And they have a certain number of people in each neighborhood. And in the afterlife, you get paired up with your soulmate um, and things like that. And so it's supposed to be like the perfect utopia. But what winds up happening is that Kristen Bell's character has the exact same name of somebody who's supposed to go to the good place. But she herself was not supposed to. Okay. Um, uh, so like she took the place of somebody who just shared the same name as she did. And so weird things start happening. Um, and like everything that you kind of do, cause it's a place for all the good things. So since her personality isn't really meant to be there, weird things start happening. Um, so it's, it's entertaining. It's, it's a different take. It's got some unique stuff. I mean, basically they have the freedom to do whatever they want because it's their own, uh, world and everything really kind of interesting is um a uh, guy from Cheers, uh, Ted Danson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the uh, he's one of the main character ca- characters because he's like uh, the person who built their neighborhood, and so he's like an eternal being, and it's just it's kind of quirky, uh, family friendly kind of a thing. So I don't know. I mean, if you're looking for some maybe check it out i wouldn't recommend it like some of my favorite other shows but uh for my wife and i it works out pretty well so interesting but what about you what have you uh, have you got anything new recently
0: or uh yeah i've watched a wide variety of things lately um obviously you know watching a lot of football um aside from that uh See, I, we started watching the ninth season of Shameless Tonight. Okay. Um they just added that to Netflix. That's a pretty funny show. Um definitely not family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a it's a showtime show, so you know, lots of lots of swearing, um nudity, you know, it's it's definitely an adult show. Earmuffs. Um yeah, <laughs> yeah and cover your eyes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, let's see. Other than that, I, I watched a couple movies. You know, I started watching the first Purge. Uh, I had a hard time getting into that one, so I kind of you know stopped. I'll, I'll pick that one up later. Uh, I don't
1: think I watched that one. Doesn't it have? Um, I could be mistaken. Doesn't it have the mayor guy from Stranger Things season three? No, 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 no. That's not right. It's uh, he kind of looks like him. I know who it is though. I can't think of his name. Uh but go ahead and keep talking. I'm I'm going to look it up.
0: <laughs> well, there's The Purge, uh The Purge Anarchy, The Purge Election Year, and then they made like a prequel called The First Purge. So oh. it was the latest one I've been watching. Um Man, The Purge Election Year, that one you should watch. That was I liked that one the most out of the bunch.
1: And they don't uh, they don't overlap, right?
2: Like there's um, no
0: real importance. No, there's there's like no reoccurring characters i mean it's a simple idea they have like one night out of the year where there's 12 hours that you can like do any crime and not get arrested for it yeah yeah so there's like a lot of crazy stuff that happens um it was a great idea the first one really didn't do much with it the second one did more but the third one is where it really i feel like it it took off uh and yeah i'm just having a hard time getting into the the first purge. So I, I kind of, kind of let that one hang for a little bit and I'll come back to it. But then I watched, um, movie hereditary and that was, that was pretty interesting. That was very, very full of drama and just great acting all around. Hmm. But other than those, I don't think anything else of, of note, at least
1: that's like a lot. (laughs) <laughs> like oh, yeah. there's not much and i'm just like dude i just started like watching one show and you're like naming off like six movies
0: <laughs> well i'm counting what i what i watched last weekend too and i had you know i had some free time last weekend so
1: okay uh um, real quick um the guy who was in the purge was ethan hawk
0: oh yeah mm-hmm. um
1: and the guy i was thinking it was and i'm not okay somebody's gonna yell at me i know it I'm just saying that they resemble each other by no means. Am I saying like, Oh my gosh, they look so much alike, but you know, considering I had not seen the movie and just remember the trailer, I see how I mixed them up. The person that I was thinking it was, and here comes me totally butchering a name. Uh,
0: Carrie L's. Carrie Elways. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who he is? Yes, I do. He's, he's the guy in the first Saw movie that cuts his foot off.
1: Yeah, but you know who he is before that, right? He's the Yeah, Prince he was. Rock. Yep. And he's also Robin Hood. And,
0: yep, oh. Men in Yep.
1: <laughs> so, r- real quick before we move on, not to drag out too long. I don't think I've said it yet on here, but if there, if I have any kind of like nickname from doing podcasting for the years that I have done... You can just call me the butcher because I am terrible at pronouncing this, <laughs> absolutely awful. Which is a terrible thing for doing a podcast. I know, but <laughs> it's it's it is what it is, and I accept it. That's it. I'm I'm the butcher. Yeah.
0: Well, usually I know them and I can correct you, so we kind of even each other out. Yeah, and I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> you remember things that happen in shows more than I do, and I remember people's names.
1: Yeah, good. Good compliment. Uh, complimenting each other, and we, I got your back. You got my back.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, we wrap that up so we can move on to our first segment, which is, did you know? So our interesting factoids, um, things you can use for trivia, things you can use for life, and Caleb, it's your turn. What do you got?
1: It's also a good reading material for when you're on the toilet.
2: <laughs>
1: um, I, I, hey, for, I just want to say I'm impressed. I hit the button at the right time.
2: <laughs> yeah, think, you
0: redeemed yourself from last week.
1: Yeah, there's a little bit of growing pains because we're doing something interesting. Because for four years, I have been like the lead, like I direct the conversation in episodes but we are I'm doing the sports stuff. Brandon's leading the stuff for the Blue Bros 2 stuff. So I have to react to what he's doing and try to get my timing down. So we're getting better. We're getting better. But, uh, yeah, so did you know? All right. Did you know, uh, first of all, that Brandon and I are, like, food professionals? <laughs> we appreciate food. Uh, the more uh, dead animal, the better.
0: <laughs> animal flesh.
1: <laughs> and so in, in that realm of food and a mixture of animal material, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Oscar Mayer Wiener. Uh, Wiener the here. first Wiener mobile was created back in 1936, and it wow. featured an op- uh, open cockpits, I think there were two of them, in the center area, in the center and the rear, and it was 13 feet long, made of metal.
0: Wow. There you go. Have
1: you ever seen the Wiener mobile
0: In real life? Yeah, IRL. I don't think I have. And if I did, it might have been a long time ago.
1: I did once and it was totally random and totally weird. I, now I re- <laughs> now realizing how there are a couple of them. Like, I think there's like kind of a uh, crap. What's it called? Like, a not a brigade, but whatever. A fleet. There you go. A fleet of Wienermobiles. Yeah. They don't travel together, but I think there's like a dozen across the country. Okay. But if I had, I had realized how rare they are, I would have. I think we got a picture of it, but I did not get a picture of me with it. So I was a little disappointed. That was back in like 2008. Oh, yeah. Actually, I skipped class in college. <laughs> and I went, with a, <laughs> I went with a friend of mine. Um, I wonder if I skipped the class that we were in. Uh, I skipped class and I was gone for an extended weekend uh with my friend who was doing work in madison wisconsin and he kind of didn't want to go by himself so i said screw it i'll go with you so we did a little road trip and we ran into the Mobile in madison wisconsin <laughs> fun story
0: highlight of the trip. oh yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's funny um yeah so i guess from there we can head on to our main topic Yeah, so you're you're right on the right on the ball this week. Yeah. (laughs) With the song cues.
1: I ate my Wheaties Uh, this morning.
0: (laughs) The breakfast of champions. Uh, Yeah, the topic this week is the 1986 movie, Back to School, uh, directed by Alan Metter, and it was written by Rodney Dangerfield, and the screenplay was written by Harold Ramis. Uh, The plot to the movie is, to help his discouraged son get through college, a fun-loving and obnoxious rich businessman decides to enter the school as a student himself. Um, Not only did Rodney Dangerfield write the movie, he also starred in it as Thornton Mellon. Uh, Along with Rodney, we get uh, Keith Gordon as his son, Jason. Robert Downey Jr. in an early role as Jason's friend, Derek. Uh, We got Burt Young from Rocky fame as Lou. He's uh, Rodney's friend and chauffeur. Uh, The dean of the college is played by Ned Beatty. Uh, and we got a couple of uh, professors. We got Dr. Turner, who is played by Sally Kellerman uh, from a bunch of other roles, such as MASH, the, the movie MASH, not the TV show. And then we got Dr. Philip Barbet, he's the, the man an- main antagonist of the movie. He is pay- played by Paxton Whitehead. Uh, along with those, we got a couple other ones. We got uh, Terry Farrell, she plays Valerie, and William Zabka as Chaz. <laughs> and you could guess, uh, you know, if Will, William, a.k.a. Billy Zabka, is playing someone in the movie, he is going to be a bully.
1: <laughs> a total Chad.
0: Yeah, and of course, his name is Chaz.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is like one step worse than Chad.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: My name was Chad, but I changed the D to the Z. <laughs>
0: uh yeah, so if you guys haven't listened to our movie reviews in the past, uh we break things up a little bit, uh kind of keep keep things moving along here. Uh and how we start off is we we pick some highlights from the movies, the movies that we enjoyed. Um You wanna start or you want me to start off, or you wanna just kinda go a couple here and there back and forth?
1: I will start. I will share my favorite thing about this movie. Um, and then we can kind of go back to back and forth or whatever, but I, so just a little, uh, preface, I am not the biggest Rodney Dangerfield fan, not saying I don't like him or his movies. I just didn't really grow up on them. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: I know some people did and some people really enjoy them and everything. I've seen bits and pieces. Um, I can't think of too many that I've seen all the way through. So this was definitely something new for me. This m- a majority of this movie, something that I did not realize about this movie became my favorite thing about the movie. Yeah. That was Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. It was, um, well, I, I didn't realize it until I was watching it and his name popped up at the beginning of the movie. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he's in this movie. What, like, what is he doing in here? And, <laughs> If you have not seen this movie and you're a Robert Downey Jr. fan, you need to see this movie. Because he is like I don't even know what to say really. Uh his performance is ridiculous. It's like uh his iron cocky Iron Man attitude thrown into uh man, what what would you say? Like um I feel like it's like super deep end arts philosophy student of the eighties, early nineties doesn't really know what the word fashion means.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then and then you can throw some like conspiracy theories and uh <laughs> it's like kind of a radical political edge. Yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, so it was. Just, I to, I had no idea what to expect, and so I just it, every time he showed up, it just made the movie that much better for me. There's there are a lot of fun things with the this movie, but every time Robert Jun- Downer Junior. Oh my gosh, yeah, Downey Junior. showed up. Um, it it was a good time, and um, there are a couple times where he's just like purposely trying to be um a pest. Uh, he does it at a bar one time and then he does it, uh, at a, uh, dive meet where he's, he heckles divers and it's just like, you know, who thinks of that? And it was, it was, he just did a (laughs) great job with it. So, uh, his, his, uh, wardrobe for the movie, his, whoever did his hair had a good time with that. Yeah. And, uh, just basically him. Uh, and each scene was just always fun to kind of see what he was d- going to do next.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the thing where he heckles the divers, he even says to to Lou, uh, Burt Young's character, he's like, you know what? No one's ever heckled a diver before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he's just there to do that. Like, uh, he shines a mirror in a guy's eyes, so he screws up his, his dismount. And then um, he also... The blowhorn, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, he's got that. He's got the air horn to, to like set the guy off. Yeah, um, yeah just you know, funny stuff. Uh, yeah, he's he's like just the wacky sidekick, basically. But I mean, he does a great job at it. Yeah, uh, which he, is crazy by to think. Far the best actor in the movie, I would say. Yeah,
1: yeah, he did really good, and it's funny to think, you know, where he is now. The fact that he was like the side character. Hmm. But I mean, ever everybody starts off there.
0: So oh, well, he was even he was a side character in the movie Johnny Be Good as well. Have you ever seen that one?
1: I'm sorry, what movie? You like cut out? You cut out? Oh, for, like,
0: I'm sorry. Episode. Um, Johnny Be Good. Johnny Be Good. It's got mm. him and um Anthony Michael Hall in it, and Anthony Michael Hall is like a college, or a high school quarterback. And he's I don't think so. Recruited by all these different colleges.
1: No, I don't think so. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting movie. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a, a really good movie, but, uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see um, those guys in their, their younger years. Um, and to think of Anthony Michael Hall going from being a nerd in the John Hughes movies to being a, a jock in that movie, it's kind of kind of interesting. <sighs> <laughs> well, I can give a, a couple of my favorite parts in the movie. Um, like you said that you didn't really grow up watching Rodney Dangerfield stuff, and you never were like much of a fan, just from not seeing a lot of his things. But yeah, I kind of grew up watching his movies because my dad was always a big fan. Um, you know, I saw, saw Caddyshack a whole bunch of times. Um, I remember watching Meatbally Sparks like <laughs> way way younger than I should have been watching it, because <laughs> <laughs> that was a little one of his more raunchy movies, I'd say. Uh, And then back to school, I saw a few times, and it wasn't until I got got to college and I I bought this on DVD that I really, really started liking it. Um, You know, one of the funny things I like is that how... So Rodney's character, Thornton Mellon, he owns a a big chain, a nationwide chain of big and tall stores, which are called uh, Thornton Mellon's Tall and Fat... (laughs) (laughs) so you know he's he's super rich um kind of i don't know like a sneaky businessman but not like i don't know he's there he'll he'll do payoffs and and setbacks and stuff to try to get whatever he has to do to get his company making money and i wouldn't necessarily say he's a super dishonest person But just the way he does things, uh, I guess it's kind of like the old school way.
2: Yeah, maybe (laughs) Uh, shady. Uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, shady, I'd say. Um, But yeah, I mean, so he's totally loaded. And there's just funny scenes of him just throwing money around. Uh, One of the first scenes that pops in my head is when he goes to the college and he's looking for his son and he goes to a frat house. And he goes in and doesn't realize it's a sorority house. <laughs> and he walks in and there's like girls in the shower and stuff. And he walks in on them and they call the cops. And the cops show up and they are like, oh, like we didn't know it was you, Mr. Mellon. And he's he's talking to the, the police officer and he asks him if he, he's like, you know, I'm looking for my son. And he's like, do you have any kids? And he's like, no, I, I don't have any kids. He's like, well, here's somebody, buy yourself some kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's just the seeds of him throwing around his money. Just, it cracks me up. Um, yeah, another thing kind of with that is that he gets the three dorm rooms remodeled
2: mm-hmm.
0: into one, like, huge one with a hot tub and all this crazy, like, 80s decor. Um, and you can see it later in a movie, too, when they have, have like, this big blowout party. Um, yeah, just you know, like I said, the scenes of him throwing around money are probably my favorite parts.
1: Yeah. And it's quite common throughout
0: the whole thing that he does it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, is there any other stuff that you like, any specific scenes or whatever that you like?
1: Uh, well watching movies from the eighties is just always funny to pick up on things. I mean, you know, some people listening might not even, um, might not even be old enough to know and know of some of these things, but, um, I mean, like he's living, he's wealthy and everything, so he's got all these nice things. Which for the '80s, yeah, they were amazing to have. But then you look at now, it's just like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but he, they had a TV in his car, and it was like this tiny, it, like the tiny itty bitty TV portal Like if you think, uh, if you think of the old first portable TVs, mm-hmm. they could lug around that size of a screen to TV, but thrown in a car that just made me crack up. Um, but, uh, kind of going through the movie. I mean, when, uh, Chaz character showed up, um, Zabka, you know, the kid, the true karate kid, (laughs) uh, that, (laughs) I I didn't realize he was in there. Uh, Maybe I just missed his name. I don't even know if they put his name at the beginning of the movie or not. So, and as you said, I mean, it's just perfect. That's totally his, his kind of a role that he does, but uh, yeah, I, I had something down about him remodeling the, uh, the rooms, but he, it, it, it's kind of interesting how not saying that movies uh, that, Current college movies probably directly model things off of it. But just some of the similarities that you see that they take on. I mean, the Dean was like a classic pushover Dean um, that you'll ha- have uh, in college. Like they, they have the classic character where he can push somebody around and it happens to be the Dean. And the Dean just thinks he's amazing, um, partially because he gives him so much money. But then uh, they have to have the villain of the movie, which
0: is... uh, Shoot. Dr. Barbet.
1: Yeah. Dr. Barbet, who is the lead professor of the business school. And of course, he happens to have a class in his uh, under him. Um, Dangerfield has a class under him, or Mellon will refer to him as the character's name. And so, of course, you have to create that clash there. But uh, one thing that I'll mention, and it's something that's gonna happen with, with us watching so many 80s movies it was short like it went by so fast
0: yeah it's it's what like an hour and 20 minutes
1: yeah and it was actually kind of funny because I wasn't paying attention to the time and I felt like it was almost a little anticlimactic because um The two main things going on are his son wants to be on the dive team. And obviously, you know, his son wants to be in college and he wants to be in college with classes. And so at the end of the movie, um, he Mellon, the father, has to do a test to be able to uh, an oral examination to be able to stay in school. And then immediately following that is like a dive meet. And there's no real, I don't know, there's no real like lead up to the dive meet. I mean, yeah, it's his son's first dive meet, but it's not like, I don't know, I felt like it was just another scene. And then all of a sudden, it was like, uh, we'll we'll talk about the end of the movie a little bit later in the specifics, but it's just like when the scene was done, it was like, that's the end of the
0: movie.
1: And I was just like, really? yeah,
0: they're really like, back, I guess back in the 80s, like a lot of the silly comedies like this they didn't really have much for um, a plot.
1: Yeah.
0: Kind of like Caddyshack. If you think about it, Caddyshack really doesn't have a plot. It's just like a bunch of stuff happens, but there's mm. no like main um, focus for the movie. Uh, you know, we talked about Rodney taking that um, has to take that oral exam just to, to stay in school. Um, the reason he has to is because, He gets, like, a bunch of homework and term papers and stuff he has to write. Well, he pays, like, a whole bunch of people to do his work for him, (laughs) you know, because he's used to be in the business world and being the, you know, the owner of a company so he can delegate stuff. And uh, in his English class that he has, um, his professor is also his love interest, is Dr. Turner, um, uh, Diane Turner. Uh, and she him and her like they have a like a couple dates together and they get along really well and he for his class he has to write a, a term paper about Kurt Vonnegut and he keeps delaying it and it's like his son says, you know you're having fun here at a party and everything but it's like I know you have like this huge paper about Kurt Vonnegut coming up and uh, he says something about you know I have it taken care of and it, there's, there's a knock on the door, and Jason goes and answers it, and Kurt Vonnegut himself is standing there. Yeah. <laughs> so Rodney has Kurt Vonnegut write a paper about Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> and he hands it in, and he actually fails on it, because the professor knows that he didn't write it. And she's like, I, I failed you because I knew that it wasn't your work. It's like, and whoever you got to write that paper knows absolutely nothing about Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> <laughs> uh so all these other professors are noticing too that the work he was handing in wasn't his and uh Dr. Barbet, especially who you know he just hates uh Rodney's character uh Thornton and he goes to the dean and he's like hey he's he's like plagiarizing work here he's not doing his own it's academic fraud um he should be kicked out and the dean Tries to fight him on it, and he's like, well, per university rules, that he has to take an oral examination. Or so, be expelled. Uh, yeah, or be expelled. So he has to like cram study, and that's where you get your 80s montage. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, that would be probably the main... I would say that's probably the main story
2: yeah.
0: for the movie. And then all the other ones with the diving team and you know, at the beginning where he leaves his, his cheating wife that he has, uh, who was played by Adrian Barbeau, by the way, um, who she was actually pretty amazing in this movie too. Cause uh, you just, you just wanted to hate her.
1: Yeah. Her <laughs> small part in the movie, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Did, did you know that she was married to John Carpenter? No. Yeah. She was actually married to John Carpenter for a while. Um, but yeah, like all those little side stories kind of go with it. But I would say probably the main story is, you know, him going to school and him trying to stay in there after getting caught cheating.
1: Yeah. Like the thing that kind of threw me off was just like, um, and I know we're talking a lot about that in the movie. I don't know if we were going to save that for later, but it's just like, so it's the oral examination. It's a big, huge, like intense thing. You feel like that's going to be it. And so you feel like the end is going to be like a huge triumphant moment of him, Finding out that he you know passed, but then there's the dive meet uh the dive meet um you know he ha- gets called in um <laughs> rodney Dangerfield to come in and substitute for somebody and do a dive and help the team win, and in that moment, after the thing, he finds out that he passes
0: yeah, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, you passed. Yeah. And it's just like they they could if they I feel like
1: if they maybe that was just the one thing, like if they made a little bit more of an emphasis on that, like he had to go in front of them and like a bunch of people went to support him and they're like, oh, did he pass or not or whatever? But yeah, it was mm-hmm. just like glossed over. And then it was graduation, but not even technically his graduation because he was just a freshman, but he uh, he spoke then. It, it it just was just kind of like okay we're done <laughs> boom let's do this and done
0: and so, yeah let's take this one home um,
1: yeah I mean I get it but it just, it's just funny
0: oh uh, we have to mention too with the whole diving thing um it's kind of brought on at towards the beginning of the movie when um you know after he catches his wife uh, Vanessa cheating on him and he's he's diving in this pool and you could tell that he's very good at it. Uh, and he meets the the diving instructor or teacher or whatever um, coach, I guess, um, at the university, and he's talking about you know when he in his younger days he used to perform as a high diver um, in Atlantic City, and the coach is like, oh, there was this guy that used to do this most the most amazing dive I've ever seen called the triple Lindy, and Rodney says, Yeah, that was me. So of course you know that's gonna come back later in the movie. And when he gets pulled uh from the stands to be on the team, the uh, the coach has him has him do this this jump. <laughs> <laughs> and so the triple Lindy is like this most ridiculous thing ever. So Rodney gets up on like the highest um platform to dive off from and they they the announcer says they have to install another board for his jump well he does like some, jumps off to some crazy flip which is obvious a stunt double
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, fair, yeah. it's
0: hilarious it's like you know they they purposely made the guy like not really look anything like rodney just you know for the extra laugh um basically he jumps like from platform to platform and then does like this crazy flip and goes in and they win the whole thing and, like you said, he finds out that he passes afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and, and the reason he gets pulled onto the team is because uh, Billy Zabka's character, Chaz, uh, fakes that he has a cramp. <laughs> you know, for whatever reason, I don't know. It, he's like trying to stick it to, to Jason. I'm not sure. I'm like, so you're faking a cramp so you can't go up there and dive and you're going to make your team lose because you don't like this one guy?
2: Yeah, I, really I think that's it.
1: I think he didn't want him to be the hero. Like basically he messed up his first dive, and so if they won, it was gonna be because of uh Jason. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want him to get the glory, so he was trying to sabotage the team as a whole. That's what it seemed like to me.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. It's it's still just kind of a, an odd motive.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I want to take a moment to talk about the relationships in the movie, which mm-hmm. are weird. Um, because, uh, the, obviously women are attracted to Melon or Rodney, uh, because he has money, uh, for most of them, at least are, are attracted to him that way. But yeah, like so many people are like all about him, which I mean, <laughs> Ro- Rodney's not exactly the most, um. Uh
0: attractive man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was trying to come up with something clever, but yeah. So I just find it interesting. I was like that. And it's like instant, you know, like somebody sees him and it's just like, oh, I'm taken over by this guy for whatever reason. <laughs> but both him and his son wind up dating women who are taller than them. Yeah. And it was just kind of weird. Uh and that, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but it just uh, maybe it was particularly his son It's just like I, most of the time in movies They like Try to make it that way And I I, I don't know it, it, just, it, it was so noticeable To me I think that's what it was And so by all means I'm not saying that guys Can't date taller girls but it was just like Super noticeable that both Of them were dating taller women But the main thing that I want to talk about the relationships Was that uh, Ronnie winds up Dating the professor and she even admits that she's dating someone else. And of course it winds up being, uh, the other doctor professor, you know, his name What's his,
2: um,
0: Dr. Barbe.
1: Barbe. Um, and so, you know, just another reason for, uh, Rodney and the doctor to butt heads. But, um, so she's openly dating two guys. Then, because she goes on a date with the other guy, eventually, too. Mm -hmm. But then she gets mad when Rodney is having his party and he's in the hot tub with other girls. (laughs) Yeah. And and I'm just like, wait a minute. What, like, okay, I understand, you know, I kind of understand, but you openly are having a relationship with two guys. And then because (laughs) Rodney is at a party with women in a hot tub all of a sudden this is unacceptable.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that too. And I always always wonder what the heck that was all about. Um, Yeah, Rodney's big crazy party that he throws where um, the band playing is Oingo Boingo, (laughs) 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 which um, I don't know if you knew, uh, you know, a lot of people know, but I don't know if you knew that the the lead singer and guitarist of Oingo Boingo is Danny Elfman.
1: Did not know that.
0: Yeah, uh, you know what Danny Elfman is, right?
1: Uh, did not know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he does. He's done like tons of soundtracks. Um, like, let me see. Uh, Beetlejuice. What's his, what's his last and name? Danny, Danny Elfman. Elfman. Yeah, he did like Beetlejuice and Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, and what else? Oh, some of the Star Wars prequels. So oh, he's he a, did. He's a big time composer for for movies. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and actually, the song that they sang there, "Dead Man's Party," was was probably their biggest hit. Uh, they also did the theme for Weird Science. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they had a few, they had a few hits in the in the eighties. Um, it's just kind of funny seeing seeing Danny Elfman in this movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, And also, there's a... So, they have their big party, but at the same time, the frat house is having theirs where where Chaz is at, and nobody shows up because they're all at Thornton's party. and (laughs) They're having, like, a caveman theme or something. It's weird.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad that came (laughs) up.
0: And and the music played in the background. That song um, was... A Michael Bolton song before he started doing ballads, like before he started doing ballads, he had a, he was in an eighties hair band and yeah. he, he left that they were called blackjack. He left that and he did one album solo. That was like eighties uh, hair metal. And it was called everybody's crazy. And uh, that's a song that plays in the background. I just, I find that kind of funny too.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty hilarious. That. I was super confused when they transitioned to that. Like, I was just like, what is going on here? Who are these people? Because they were, like, all dressed up, so it took me a minute to recognize it was Zabka. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, yeah, that just totally threw me off. And, yeah, I don't even know what party it was. It was just like, like you said, a caveman party or something. Was that a thing? I mean, I know toga parties were big, but... What, like... I don't know.
0: Maybe I think theme parties were probably like kind of a big thing in college back then. Um, he did. Do, he does mention that it's like a yearly thing, I guess, for that frat. Yeah. So he's like, usually this is the biggest party of the year, and no one's here. And um, yeah, then they find out that everybody is at uh, Thornton's party.
2: Yeah. So
1: uh, did you have? Did you have any more scenes or were we going to
0: move on to quotes? Uh, I think we can move on to quotes. Um, I've got uh, two of them here that I haven't mentioned. Uh, How many you got? Uh, I've got a few, so you can go and start. Okay. Um, The first one that really made me laugh. And it's one of the memorable ones for me is there's a scene um, at the towards the beginning of the movie. uh, Rodney and his wife, Vanessa are having a party party at their house. And it's all these like, you know, stuffy, rich people that are, like complete opposite of what Rodney's character Thornton is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's he's sitting down. He's he he made this like, crazy sandwich, and he's sitting down at a table and he's drinking a beer. And uh, she brings up like this couple to talk to him, and and she says, uh, I can't remember who who the woman's name was. She was introducing. She's like, don't you love the color of her dress? And Rodney looks at her and. He's like, yes. Yeah. So he's like, what a lovely shade of green. He's like, if that dress had pockets, you'd look like a pool table. It's like, maybe you should try my store. Tall and fat. No offense. <laughs> and I don't know why, but that gets me every time. Just like the look at look at the woman's face, and then Adrian Barbo's character just like stares a hole through him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I re- I do remember that scene so. Did you want to go through yours or do you want to go back and forth?
0: Uh, I'll go with my second one here. Okay. Uh, There's a, we were talking about the party before and, (laughs) but my favorite quote, the whole movie is in there. Uh, He's in a hot tub with like two or three girls. And he's like, "Uh, what's a what's a bath without bubbles bubbles come over here. And this girl gets up and she walks over and he's like, He's like, tell me, what's your favorite subject? She says, poetry. And he's like, really? He's like, maybe you can stick around and help me straighten out my long fellow. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear that one, that just that just makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, man.
1: I, I do, I now that you bring it up, I do remember that one, but uh, that was not one that I actually wrote down, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, so what do you got?
1: Uh, well, kind of going off of that one, just because it's funny, because, I mean, like, some of the dumb humor and everything that you get in some of the Rodney Dangerfield stuff. stuff. Um, it when, so when Rodney's there at college and everything, and obviously he's parting it up and he encourages his son to do well. And his son notices that he's just slacking off. They, he, he notices something is wrong. His son, Jason is upset. And so mm-hmm. they're talking and he catches up to him. He's talking about stuff and he's just like, you gotta tell me what's going on. And er no, that wasn't the part. I'm sorry. I'm remembering it now. He um, uh, he wasn't telling his dad the truth. He was telling him he was on the dive team originally when he wasn't and a couple different things. And he wasn't being open and honest about stuff. And then Rodney's just like, Jason, you don't lie to me. You lie to girls. <laughs> and it's just like how flippant he is with it and everything. And Rodney just as I mean, the comedian that he is, but also his character and everything. It's just like. It's natural. That's what you do. Uh, so that that was kind of a funny one that stuck out to me. Another one that, uh, where is it? I thought I had three. Um, it, again, with Jason, when he confronted uh, his dad about being there, because uh, Jason was going to leave college, and that's why his dad actually kind of went to college was to yes. try, try to keep him there and so jason had a problem with it uh he wound up uh getting drunk and upset and he got in an argument with his dad and uh he he wasn't very happy when his dad came and visited him and then his quote was jason's quote was i was a lot happier when i was miserable before his dad showed up because of course his dad's getting all the attention and you know uh is kind of like causing problems for him and he doesn't Mm -hmm. enjoy it so that was kind of a funny one uh an insult that was thrown in there and i can't remember who it was but somebody called somebody else a fleeb have
0: you ever (laughs) heard that no you sure it wasn't a plebe
1: Uh it's i swear it sounded like fleeb So I don't know if that was something in the 80s that I missed, but uh, I'm saving the best one for last, though, just because it's, again, Rodney's humor and super cheesy. But he does the commencement uh, speech then for the graduation ceremony. Yeah, the speech for the uh, graduation. Mm -hmm. And so he has this quote that he finished off with, and he's like, it's jungle out there. You got to look out for number one but don't step in number two. (laughs) (laughs) And you laugh at it more. It's not so much you laugh at it because it's funny, but it's just so dumb and ridiculous and so Mm. 80s and so Rodney from his comedy and everything. So I thought that that was kind of an appropriate one to end with, but also because then essentially that's the end of the movie right there.
0: Yeah. And then you get the freeze frame of him with his thumb thumb up. He just kind of freezes there the goofy smile and his thumbs up and then like all the the graduation hats are falling in front of him
2: yeah
0: <laughs> oh man um yeah there was one thing that i forgot to mention earlier is that uh he has a history professor oh yeah um who's played by sam kennison <laughs> and there's a scene where he like screams at rodney's face and he's asking him about um I oh, was at world war two and, uh, uh Vietnam, Rodney, I think. Vietnam. Yeah. He, yep. That's what it was. And he, um, Rodney gives him an answer and, uh, you know, Kennison likes it. And he, he's like, I'm going to keep my eye on you. And Rodney looks at the the guy sitting next to him and he's like, he's a, he's a great teacher. He's like, he's very passionate about what I have no idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could have. They could have maybe done more with that character, but
0: uh... yeah, he had a very small role. It was like that scene, and then a scene towards the end where, um, uh, Rodney's doing his um oral examination. Yeah, and right. that was that was pretty much it for for Kinnison in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I guess we, you know we can talk about the acting and the writing and all that kind of stuff. You know, we kind of mentioned earlier that we thought Robert Downey Jr. was probably the best job in the movie. Uh, Is there anybody else you wanted to talk about?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, it's a little different from all the other movies that we do because those are like B movies. And so you have a huge variety of abilities. Um, But this movie was kind of big enough that they had, you know, talented enough people that was pretty good uh, all around. Um, I do agree that Robert Downey Jr. Was probably the most, um, in character. Um, but yeah, it, the acting itself was good. The dialogue. I mean, it's funny because the, the pace of the movie kind of reminded me of, uh, Rodney's dialogue because Rodney is just fast and kind of like nonstop talking and essentially, that's like the movie. It's just like, bam, 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 bam. Like, nowadays, when you're watching movies, for the most part, you know, you have, like, those little transitions. You have, like, okay, we're going to show you where you're at. We're going to give you, like, an idea of the environment, things like that. Even in comedies, you know, they show different things. But back then, in the, um, I don't know, I'm trying to re- recollect with all the movies, but especially this movie, it was just, like, scene 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 there was like no stop to you know let you understand where you are that's that's part of the reason why i got confused with that caveman party i was just like how do we get here and what's going on um but all all in all i mean like it it moves well and uh it's definitely one of those that falls into like entertaining like you'll sit there and it'll keep you entertained the whole time there's no real dead time so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's a very fast-paced movie Um, And that kind of goes with most Rodney Dangerfield movies because, you know, Rodney, he never really wanted to be an actor. Uh, Hmm. He was just a stand-up comedian. And at the time, you know, he was getting so popular there in the, the late 70s, early 80s, that he got approached to do Caddyshack. And he had, like, no acting, like, training or anything like that. So they would give him... Like the plot and everything, and then like the scenes, and he would write his own dialogue. So it was basically Rodney would go out there and he would do like a stand up routine. And you can yeah. kind of see that a little bit in this movie as well. Because mm-hmm. if anybody's ever listened to, to Rodney's stand up, it was just one liner after one liner after one liner. Um, and he was one of the first guys to do that. I mean, along with like guys like Don Brickles, uh, people like that. Uh, and Rodney kind of made it more popular, I guess, mm-hmm. that became like his style kind of self, uh, degradation. Um, and you could, you know, you could pick that up in guys that he influenced like, um, Mitch Hedberg
2: mm-hmm. and how
0: his, his delivery style was, it's just one thing after another. So most movies that Rodney was in, he was also a writer. Um, this is also an example of that. Um, You know, aside from, from Rodney and Robert Downey Jr., um, I wasn't a huge fan of Keith Gordon as Jason. Like, I thought he was just kind of blah. Yeah. And then sometimes I feel like his delivery was was kind of wooden. I mean, he was, he was okay, but I just, I don't know. There was just something about the guy. I just don't, he just seemed kind of whiny to me.
1: He and his girlfriend were probably the weakest characters in the movie.
0: Yeah, and I mean she was probably just there because she was pretty. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she's pretty and um you know, she had a few roles before that, but nothing like too major. Um you know, she's done some more stuff after that. Uh she was in like Star Trek Deep Space Nine, she was in Hellraiser Three, and uh, probably her biggest role after that was she was in a show Becker, you remember that? Mm, no, with uh, Ted Danzen. She was on that for four years. She played uh, Reggie. She was the owner of the the diner that Becker always went into.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, she got she got a lot better in her acting. I think this is one of her first movies, so uh, you know, a little excusable there. And you know, we talked about Billy Zabka, and he was just always so good at just playing like the the cocky, you know, jock, rich guy. And like I mentioned earlier, Agent Barbeau was, was really good in her small role that, role that she had, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, with all that wrapped up, uh, you want to give it a grade? What do you got?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm, it, it, Like I said, good, entertaining. I got to reserve, you know, the top for what I just feel like is entertaining, super enjoyable, like just... Um, you know, knocks it out of the park and things like that. And so while this is definitely put together better than any of the movies that we've seen up to this point, <laughs> uh this is uh, probably had much bigger budget. Um, yeah, I would probably give it. Are you gonna do uh, halves, or are you just doing like straight up? Like I know we talked about it. No, but... you can do
2: a half too. Uh, i i th- mm,
1: it might change over time when our um reviews get to when we have more things in our um log of what we mm-hmm. reviewed, but I'll give it a four point five um uh mean I don't know maybe because nah, i 'cause i'm mm, I'll do four point five leave it at that there you go <laughs> i mean okay. I'm gonna talk myself like forever into it so <laughs>
0: Um, this is this is one of my one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's one of them I like to quote a lot. Uh, it's one of those movies too where, you know, if I just want to put something on to have in the background, and you know, I can catch it every once in a while while I'm working on something. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watched this movie tons of times. I'm, I grew up watching and listening to Rodney's stand up and. You know, I was always a fan of his, uh, you know, I give it a five. Um, it's just, you know, it's just one of my favorite movies.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's good.
0: Uh, yeah. So did you have any trivia or facts on that? Cause I, I've got quite a few here.
1: No, I did not. So go ahead and, uh, roll with it.
0: Okay. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier how, you know, Rodney never really wanted to do acting, um, so he just approached everything as a stand-up routine. Um, so there's, there's a scene where Roddy's character goes to the professor's house, uh, Diane's house. And um, she helps him study and everything. That house that they use is the same house that the character Tommy Doyle lived in in Halloween. Oh. Which hmm. I find kind of funny because that was a John Carpenter movie. And John Carpenter's wife at the time, Adrian Barbeau, was in this movie. (laughs) So I wonder if there was some kind of link that way. Or it could, you know, it could just be a coincidence. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So we talked about Billy Zabka and how he always seemed to play, like, the cocky douche. (laughs) Uh, This was the movie that Billy said he finally realized that he might be getting typecast as a villain. (laughs) Which is hilarious because he was in The Karate Kid. He had a small spot in The Karate Kid Two, and then he was in um, just one of the guys. And he was a you know he was just like pretty much the same character in every single one of them. <laughs> it's just funny that it took a little while to realize that. And there's actually an episode of uh, The Goldbergs.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, it's a it's a current sitcom. It's supposed to be based in the eighties. And there's one where they put a term on someone being just like a total douche and it they, they call it you're getting Zab Good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh and the last couple things I have here are kinda interesting. Um I'll I'll say the best one for last. Uh the next one I've got here is most of the outdoor scenes at the university were shot at the University of Wisconsin. Really? Yeah. So, um, speaking
1: of Madison, you know, Wisconsin, where was the Wienermobile? <laughs> I was actually on campus when I was in Madison. So that's kind of funny. I don't, oh, I don't recognize any of it, but
0: yeah, that's a, yes. That's what I said. A lot of them were was shot there. Um, just because of the, they like the look of the, the campus.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, and then the last one I have here could almost be a, did you know, um, So I mentioned the scene earlier where uh, Rodney gives the lady the backhand a compliment about her dress. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: While he's saying that, there's a waiter that walks up and tries to give him champagne. And Rodney says, "Uh, no thanks, I brought my own. And he pulls a beer out of his pocket. That waiter was played by Kevin Spacey. What? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, really? And I had to go back and watch that. It's Yeah, it's Kevin Spacey. It's kind of hard to tell, but a, a very young Kevin Spacey.
1: Interesting. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good one right there. Or that's at uh, least one I know. Like, there were some yeah. of those in there.
0: and I saw that. And I knew I had to, had to mention it because um, you and I have talked about how 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 great of an actor that Kevin Spacey is, you know, probably not the best person with everything that's come out about him, but you know, his ability as an actor is, is, is up there.
1: Yeah. Yep. Got Got to put that in context.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, that's all the the facts I've got here. Um, Yeah. So we can move on into the weekly suggestions. And you know, I, you need <laughs> to have music for that one. I gotta put you at the spot, though.
1: <laughs> uh, well, no, it's kind of like what three weeks now, I think. So, you know, I feel like there should be something. But... Dun,
2: dun, dun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the deadly prey.
2: There we <laughs> go. That's okay.
0: Uh, yeah. So it's my turn for weekly suggestions. Uh, I mentioned this movie earlier when I was talking about what I have been watching. Uh, and that's the movie Hereditary. Uh, it's currently on Amazon Prime right now. Um, and, you know, if you're into kind of supernatural suspense, uh, thriller, horror stuff, um, this is a good movie for you to watch. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of depressing in parts. And I actually read a review on IMDb where a guy said, you know this movie could almost be taken as a drama, just because huh. of the terrible things that happen, and the, the acting in it is, the acting in it is really solid. Um, just you can feel like the emotion and everything, especially through the mother character. Uh, she's played by Tony Colette. Uh, just her pretty much dive into madness of everything that happens with her and her family. Um, yeah, just really solid acting throughout. Um, so, you know, if you're looking for something, uh, it might freak you out a little bit, uh, you know, it might depress you some, but it's, it's a pretty good movie. I I would suggest that one,
1: man. I don't know if I've ever gotten depressed from a movie.
0: It's, there's just some, I don't want to ruin anything. Yeah. If you want to check, if you want to read about it or something, um, just, yeah, just some bad things that happen to that family.
1: I mean, I um, definitely get sad, like emotional. I've, uh, that's happened, but like, and I've actually, I mean, I've heard it from other things and different people saying everything, but I don't feel like I've ever gotten like depressed.
0: Yeah, just parts of it are like a complete downer. Um, yeah. But like, I guess like in an entertaining way, if that makes sense. And like the pace of the movie is very much. The nineteen seventies style, mm. um, you know, slow build up for everything, attention to atmosphere and character development, uh, kind of along the lines of movies like The Exorcist and The Omen, and um, you know, a little bit before that there was Rosemary's Baby, kind of, kind of similar to that. But yeah, I mean, again, it's yeah, good movie uh, if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff. Nice. Uh, so anything else to add?
1: Uh, No, I don't think so. But I'm going to uh, throw, uh, throw a curveball at you. Oh, man. Uh, as we're closing out. So uh, we've been saying that we need to, um, you know, have a way we close this out. Because uh, with the sports one, you know, say, like, go blue, whatever, something simple. But, you know, how do, how do you close out this one? And so we, we've chatted a little, bit, a little bit about it, and I didn't get a chance to chat with you today to get you prepared. So I'm going like, to put you on the spot. You got guess second to think about it. I think every week when we sign this one off, you and I just need to throw out some of the best one-liners for movies. No context. No, like, you, nobody, I mean, people will probably recognize most of them. But just, you do a one-liner, I do a one-liner, end of show, people get to be really confused if they don't know what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good idea.
1: Because I, I am prepared, because I know I used one last week um, off of a whim, but I, I got prepared this week, so... Uh, if you if you have a second to collect your thoughts from all the different movies that you've seen, and I know that you've got really good ones and you, usually I feel like uh, especially in conversation you throw out very good one-liners I think it shouldn't take too long for you to maybe find one <laughs>
2: all
1: right. So whenever, uh, unless you got anything else to say, I'd say we could just end it off with uh, throw out some one-liners and call it a week
0: Yeah, sounds good to me
1: Right, do you want me? To, do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first?
0: No, I'll let you go first. Okay.
1: So back to back. Here we go. We'll go with it. Let off some steam, Bennett.
0: <laughs> Stick around.
1: <laughs> All right. See you guys later.
0: Later.